welcome to Become a Unique Podcast, a place where you can be well and be you. We are all about lifestyle with a focus around wellness over here. One week we may be talking about gut health and the next week we may be having a conversation about being enough. No matter what the topic, the goal is to inform you with information and tools so we can vibrate higher as our true selves. Be ready to grow in a beautiful way. Becoming Unique is a growing podcast and would love your support by following or subscribing to this podcast. In Apple Podcasts, click the plus button. Reviews are also helpful for the podcast growth. So all reviews are appreciated. And lastly, but not least, be sure to share the podcast because the best advertisement is word of mouth. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey y'all, as you can see by the title of today's episode, it is called Learning to Love Myself. And last week, if you listen to last week's episode, I said the next couple of weeks are going to be all about healing. It's going to be some healing episodes. And I feel that today's episode is very healing because love is healing. And loving thyself is healing. And having understanding and conversation around the importance of loving thyself, to me, is healing. So welcome to this week's episode, All Around Healing and Understanding the Value of Loving Thyself. I won't chit-chat too long, so let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Okay, I know I just said I didn't want to chit-chat too long before jumping into today's episode, but today in real time, the day that I'm recording this is December 14th, 2022, and During my moments on social media today, as I'm scrolling up and down my news feed, I kept getting different notification posts about someone that just passed away by suicide. Um, The person that passed away by suicide, I believe his name is Twitch. Now, I didn't personally follow Twitch. I feel like I've seen them in passing throughout the years. And Twitch was um, on the Ellen DeGeneres show. He was like the dancer and the DJ. I I, I didn't really watch the Ellen DeGeneres show, so I can't really tell you too much. This is all the stuff I'm getting by, (laughs) by via social media. But he definitely was, I guess, uh, an impactful person because Michelle Obama even posted him today, you know, saying that, you know, she felt so much sorrow, you know, for his passing. And, you know, I kept seeing it come on my news feed. So then I decided to go check him out, like go check out his page. 
And I saw that he has 3.5 million people following him. So I guess he has some type of, <laughs> he's some, ty- some type of influence or some type of celebrity status. And as I'm going through his page, it, it, it was such a beautiful page. It was so much like high vibrational energy with him, his wife, his family, his kids. They're smiling, they're dancing. And, you know, it, it definitely was a page where you go to, you can smile. Like it really, it was a feel good page. <laughs> it was truly a feel good page. And then I went to his wife's page, giving the same vibration, truly a feel good page. Um, and it, anyone that's looking at, you know, this Instagram feed, they would be like, oh my God, I love them. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, like they're amazing. They're so fun. They're the energy, you know, the desire to feel like, oh, I would love to be in my house dancing along with my family like that. And it was just like, wow. And as I kept looking, I kept saying, why, 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 why did you commit suicide? Why did you commit suicide? You look so happy. You look so happy. You have it going on. You have everything from the outside view. That's what I was seeing. I judged and said, wow, you have everything. You you look happy. You got it going on. Why? And it's not for me to know why, but I questioned as, you know, with maybe my judgments of not knowing what's going on or even questioning, you know, (laughs) I almost feel like even if, even if he came to me saying I'm hurting, I may, I probably would have said, you don't need to hurt. You got it going on. Stop hurting. (laughs) Stop hurting. Sometimes when we look at other people and we think they got it going on, we just blow it off. We just a lot of times blow it off because I can easily see myself doing that. What do you mean you're sad? What do you mean you're struggling? Why? You got it going on. You got it going on. But this was this was very powerful to to witness this, to witness someone that I literally am looking at and saying, why? But the question is like, we ha- we have to normalize normal lies that we can't judge a book by its cover. We can't just look at something and think we know the whole story. We can't do that anymore. There are a lot of us out here that are screaming for help. And screaming for help doesn't always look like help. If you are personally screaming for help, ask for help. Ask for help. And if we are on the sidelines looking at people thinking they don't need help, refrain from judgment. Refrain from judgment. I don't have the answer to why Twitch committed suicide, but it definitely was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener. And this is, a you know, we're all on a journey over here. And I'm looking at that situation and learning from it. 
I really took a lesson from that because like I said, I'm looking with my judgment saying, why? Why would you do this? Instead of understanding, it was a different story going on. And don't blow people off when the situation's bigger than what we personally think it should be. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, rest in peace to Twitch, sending love and light to his family. And let's get ready to get into today's episode, another beautiful episode. Yeah, let's go. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have an amazing guest by the name of Leslie. Welcome. Oh, Unique, thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. And I have to compliment your mother on giving you such a fabulous name. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, she's definitely going to be listening. So, um, <laughs> so I'm sure she'll be happy to hear that message. So thank you. Uh-huh. So, you know, before we actually get started to t- today's episode, you have to tell everyone who is Leslie. Oh my goodness. Do you want the long version or the short version? <laughs> Whatever version Leslie wants to deliver us. <laughs> um, well, Leslie is uh, someone who was busy running around taking care of everybody else. Uh, for so many years and doing what I call sacrificing myself on the altar of everybody and everything else. And it took a moment of feeling as if, you know, the bottom had dropped out of my world. And I said, okay, what the heck is going on? I don't want to keep going down that road. I want to be a better version of myself. And so back in 20. 16, I literally put a stake in the ground and said, I'm going to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I began the journey of doing exactly that. And part of the journey was learning to love myself because I thought nobody loved me. And I found out it was only me who didn't love me. And I had been filling what I call a myself sized hole in my heart with food. So I went on that journey to learn to love myself and I was able to not only shed, but keep off uh, almost a hundred pounds. And so now I'm on a mission to help other people, you know, discover that it's not too late to start living your best life. And it's not too late to learn to love yourself. And uh, you're an amazing person. You know, this is so beautiful. You have just summed up the definition of becoming unique. (laughs) You know, your story almost mirrors my story as well, too, you know, with, you know, sacrificing myself for my children, my family, and putting everyone's needs before mine. And, you know, I didn't even realize I was doing this. I was, I was lost in the source. I had the blinders on. I just thought this is how I was supposed to, supposed to operate. And and that's what we're taught. Yeah. Isn't isn't that what we're taught? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And and we're taught that anything else is um, selfish. Yes. Yes. I always thought it was selfish. I even looked at other people thinking, 
you're a mom, you're going out. How, how can you do that? That's selfish. You have to be with your kids. And so um, my mindset was in that direction and thinking that I was supposed to sacrifice me for them. And, you know, um, when I started my journey, I didn't put the stake in the ground and make the, the affirmations. You know, I didn't even realize that I was lost in the source until I unknowingly started my journey. And then once I started to open the doors of unique, of stepping into becoming unique, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my name is perfect for the podcast or perfect for this platform that I'm creating because all of us are unique individuals. And it's, and it's that time for all of us to step into becoming our true selves. And how can we become our true selves if we're lost in the source of sacrificing ourselves constantly for everyone, um, for everyone else? So I'm like, oh my goodness, your story is like mirroring <laughs> my story. And along with stepping into my, you know, into myself as well, becoming unique, you know, health and wellness has been a huge priority, you know, of that as well too, you know, opening all these doors and so on. And I, you know, I want to congratulate you when you were talking, you said you lost a hundred pounds and you have been able to keep it off. So congratulations on oh, thank that. Thank you. That is so beautiful. And um, I also, you know, listening to your story, you said that at the end that you wanted to, you know, open the door for other people to know that this is, you know, this is, a, they have an opportunity to be themselves as well to or grow into themselves and so on. And that's, you know, also with the platform that I'm doing as well too. It's like, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. Like, so, oh my goodness, you're like my twin. <laughs> <laughs> you are my twin. So, and, and that was one of the things that I felt very connected with you about that. I felt mm -hmm. like we were saying the same thing, just using different words. Yeah. And I, so this, this is going to be such a beautiful episode because it's, it's summing up this whole platform into, into an episode because, you know, every episode I'm not talking about, be yourself, be yourself. I send little messages, but I'm just, you know, my episodes are about vibrating higher. So I'm offering tools. So maybe one week we're talking about gut health, one week we're talking about Pilates, one week we're talking about a chiropractor, but all of these things are tools into, you know, of information that can help us all up level within our own personal um, lives if we choose to go in those directions or just to get information about that. Um, Self-care has been a huge, huge um, conversation um, with me now. Um, like I said, I didn't even realize I was missing these things until, until, I, until I got them. And once I started to introduce them, I'm like, hey, oh, oh. So tell me about, you know, what does self-care look like for you, for Leslie? Well, self-care looks like I take into consideration what it is that I need either for the day or in the moment so that I can show up as my best self. Mm. And um, I, when I started that, I, was, I felt a little bit guilty about setting aside time in the morning. I now have what I call my gardening time in the morning. Now I'm not outside pulling weeds and cutting flowers, no. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is I've got um, a set of books that have either affirmations or affirmative thoughts in them or inspirational or just, you know, mind stretching things. And then I've got two different Bibles that I read from. 
Uh, one is a regular Bible and the other one is chronological simply because I was curious. So I spend probably anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours some mornings doing that kind of reading. But what it does and what I discovered that it did is it anchors me for the rest of the day mm. because I've taken the time to prioritize myself and my cup of coffee. Very important. Mm -hmm. I've taken the time to prioritize myself and my cup of coffee and the quiet and to do the things to feed myself. Because here's the big thing that I came to realize and came to understand. I was looking for affirmation and, and acknowledgement and kudos and accolades from outside of myself. Mm. Well, it doesn't make any difference if you hand somebody a script and say, this is what I want you to say. They're not going to deliver it to you in the manner or with the exact wording or even the same emotion that you really want. Mm -hmm. So I started realizing I can give myself those things mm. and I am important. Mm -hmm. So that was why I created this gardening time in the morning. It's the time that I'm taking care of myself. I'm giving myself what it is that I'm looking for, desiring in the moment. And I also take the time to, to um, write three pages in a notebook. Some people call it journaling. I have a huge aversion to journaling. So don't tell me I journal. I write in a notebook. But <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to have stacks of notebooks that I've written in. Um, and I found that writing in the notebook, and I talk about this in, in my book, You Can't Eat Love, I'm having a conversation with my very best friend in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. and and what I understood was my very best friend in the whole wide world never gets tired of hearing me talk about the same thing for the hundred millionth time. Mm -hmm. That person is always available even at two o'clock in the morning and isn't too tired to listen. So once I started giving myself what I'd been seeking from the outside, mm -hmm. then I was able to calm down and able to say, okay, this is what I can give to you. Now, here's the second part of that. I can only control me. I'm not in control of anyone else. So what I can give to you, you have a choice. You can either pick it up or leave it. Mm -hmm. But once I've given it, that's it. My hands are off. I've given it. Mm -hmm. you, you have to take the next step with it. Mm -hmm. And if somebody chooses not to pick up what I have given then I need to make certain that I've given it with a clear intention of simply attempting to offer help. Mm -hmm. And when they don't pick it up, that I simply say to myself, okay, that isn't what they needed in this moment. I'm good with it. I'm going to go back and continue taking care of myself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I loved everything you said. You said so many key points, but one of the key points that I love that you said during your gardening time, this is your time to anchor yourself. And a lot of people may call it grounding, but it is just so important. And that's what I'm realizing. It's just so important to allow ourselves to be grounded, you know, so we can show up in this world strong and sturdy <laughs> because we just never know what the day may 
what may come at us throughout the day. And and I find that when I'm grounded, because we don't know what surprises life has to throw at us, I can receive the surprise on a different level than if I'm just kind of like, you know, all over the place. And I never got to get myself together that morning, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, then I'm just like, uh, you know, almost just kind of like flying in the air. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if something comes that I was, that was unexpected. It can like wipe me off my feet. So, well, and then you start feeling resentful. Yeah, you know, that's the other thing you feel resentful because it's like, well, what about me? You, mm -hmm. you know, why, why does this person, why does this event, why does this whatever get to supersede anything that I want, need or desire? Mm -hmm. So yeah. not only is it knocking you off your feet, but then it's building or allowing that seed of resentment to grow. And do we show up as our best self when we are mm -hmm. resentful? No. So I simply found by taking the time for myself in the morning, and yes, one to two hours may sound like a long time for some people. I didn't start there. I started with 15 minutes mm -hmm. and it simply evolved to what it is. I started where I was and I would like, if nobody, if anybody takes away one thing, I want them to take this away. Meet you where you are right now. Exactly. Do what you can right now. Don't try and imagine that you want to, you know, swim the Atlantic Ocean yeah. tomorrow when you've never even crossed the baby pool. Mm -hmm. Meet you where you are right now and understand that that's enough because tomorrow you're going to be someplace else. Exactly. I, you know, I'm a yogi, so uh, we say honor where you are at honor where you are at and you know we say that in yoga class a lot but I take that with all elements in my life you know I'm honoring where I'm at I'm not trying to look at Sally or Sue and trying to be there I'm honoring where I'm at in this moment and it's okay and like I said you said so many key key points and when you were talking about your self-care um gardening time you know um I feel like that can be a podcast in itself unpacking all of the um things you said with you know understanding that you know that you're you you're not calling a journal you're calling writing the book and releasing that and having someone to talk to in that piece of paper and, you know, not expecting to receive, you know, all of these validations from the outside, but understanding that, you know, it really isn't all of the power that we're looking for everyone to give us. It's really within us. 100%. Peace. Mm -hmm. 100%. And once I started, once I stopped looking to the outside, I was amazed at what I did have on the inside. But the other thing that I discovered is when, when the, um, the whatever police show up in your life, you know, the diet police, the, you know, <laughs> the, those people who are watching and monitoring your every move, when they would show up, I was able to ignore their comments. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, you know what? I don't need your comment. I, mm -hmm. My job is not to make you happy. My job is to, you know, honor myself and take care of myself. And if what you're throwing at me isn't serving me, 
you know what? I can let that fall on the floor with a thud and a splat and it goes all over your shoes and I'm okay. Oh my goodness. I have to give you applause. Applause. Yes. It's so much, so much truth to this. So my, my personal journey, I can say unknowingly started about five years ago. And I can say that it was it, looking back now, this has been a true rebirth of unique. And I'm almost feeling like, you know, I'm a kid like growing up now because I'm rebirthing myself. And I have a question for you because you are, you, you're rebirthing as well too, from the sounds of everything you've been saying. So tell me, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I am not really clear what I want to be. I do know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do anything and everything that I can imagine. I want to um, travel much more. I want to meet more people in person like yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I want to inspire people to recognize, especially people, um, women who are over the age of 40, who have bought into uh, you know, what society has told us, that this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, I want to inspire them to recognize that you can do anything and be anything that you choose to be. The sky is the limit and the only limitation is yourself. So I guess what I wanna be when I grow up is somebody who is inspiring other people to recognize that age is simply a number that allows you to get cheap coffee (laughs) or board a plane earlier than some other people, Mm. but it doesn't define you. Mm. Uh, And, and one of the reasons I say that is this year I turned 65. Mm. Happy, but well, congratulations on making these beautiful milestones because not everyone can make it to 65. 100%. My, my own mother died at 49. Um, Mm. But, you you know, people think when you turn this certain number that you need to behave and live in a certain fashion. So I'm saying to you, if you decide and I'm saying, you know, you unique, but also the people who are listening, if you decide that today you want to begin living your very best life, then you start living your very best life. And the first step that I would recommend somebody do is they sit down with pen and paper and imagine themselves a year from now. Mm-hmm. What does their life look like? What are they doing? Who are they with? What are they seeing? What are they reading? You know, the whole nine yards, write it down mm-hmm. and then write a letter from the you of a year from now to the you of today, thanking you of today for everything that you've done so that the you of a year from now is living that dream mm-hmm. that the you of today had. Yeah. And then put it away for a year and you will be surprised by how many of those things actually happen. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something so beautiful about having intentions and just bringing our mind to that. Sometimes we just, you know, a lot of times in life, we're just so worked up and what life is throwing at us all the time, you know, and we're almost like robots in this world, just moving with the routine. But have how many of us have really sat down and put intention on where we want to go in life? We kind of just go with the flow, you know, waiting for our um boss to 
get a promotion or whatever, you know, waiting for someone else, like you said, the outside validation, waiting for someone else to say we're qualified to move to that next level. But instead, taking that power within ourselves and saying, what do I want? I don't need to wait for my boss to tell me I'm qualified. Let me move forward with my life in the direction that I want to move in and, and make focus on that. And we have the power to put that in with us, to put that focus in. So like you said, writing it down, it starts there. There's so much power in the pen because when you start writing, you start now you're bringing your thoughts together. <laughs> you're making, a, you, you're, but if we're just sitting there and just looking at TV, oh, it would be cool to, be, to have that. It would be cool to do that. But you know, it's reshifting that and now saying, what can I see myself in that position? Can I see myself doing that? You know, and so on. So that was some um definitely some beautiful advice that you just gave about just writing it down. There's so much power in that. And, and, and use use pen and paper or pencil and paper, crayon and paper. Don't do it on the keyboard. Yeah. 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 I definitely do. Uh, I do feel there's a big difference between actually mm -hmm. having the pen and paper opposed to just typing it in my phone and so on. Yeah. So um, I agree with you with that. So I have a question. What is a mantra? Um, you know, I remember the first time I heard the word mantra and I was so intrigued with it because it's such an amazing sounding word. And when I understood that it was a, a saying a saying that could incorporate a philosophy, I was like, oh, wow, that's even better. Mm -hmm. uh, because the first time I heard the word mantra was the first time that I decided my mother was so embarrassed because I needed to take PE for part of my college credit. And so I took yoga at the University of Alaska for you know one hour credit. My mother was just, you know, oh, she was horrified. What am I supposed to tell my friends? I said, well, you tell your friends your daughter's taking yoga as PE. And they would talk about their mantra, but then the mantra was more the ums and the ums and, and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But then I later recognized that it's it's a saying that incorporates a philosophy. Mm -hmm. And once I really understood that, I was like, okay, I want a mantra. Mm -hmm. So uh, about, gosh, 15 plus years ago, I was doing something. I can't remember exactly what it was. doesn't make any difference. And it came into my mind that I did not want to be 80 years old, sitting on my front porch in my rocking chair saying, I wish I would have. Mm. And from that point forward, I've been looking at what is it that I wish that I could do mm -hmm. so that I'm not sitting in my rocking chair on my front porch saying, oh. I wish I would have. Yeah. And I measure so many things against that. For example, not terribly long after saying that and developing that, I took up scuba diving. Mm. I've uh, gone up in a hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. um, I have traveled multiple times to Zimbabwe by myself. Uh, I have a uh, nonprofit where we teach other people to sew and support two ladies and their families over there in Zimbabwe. They do the teaching. I simply mm -hmm. provide support. 
Um, recently, I did that I fly thing, you know, where you fly on the column of air because I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. So that was as close to skydiving as I could. <laughs> and I've done multiple other things, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at it through the lens of I don't want to be 80 years old sitting on my front porch saying I wish I would have. Because yeah. how, how many people have you encountered in mm-hmm. your life that are saying, I wish I would have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you want that to be your legacy mm-hmm. that you wish you would have? And that's the other thing that talking about age, you know, 15 years ago, I was 50 years old. I'm now 65. It's simply a number that qualifies you for cheap coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do not allow the number to define you. Yeah. Do not allow the number to defy you either. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you truly desire to do do it don't worry if it's messy and ugly and you know it could land and the videos could land you uh, on home funniest videos and you would win the hundred thousand dollars that's not the point the point is that you did it yeah you did it and how many people can say that yeah so your mantra is well you created a mantra that was like i wish i i wish i would have I don't want it to be, I wish I would have. My tongue twisted. Because <laughs> you, you, you decided to create a mantra. And I, I did. I yeah. Did. So um, your mantra was like, I'm not going to be 80 saying I wish I would have. Right. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And almost everything that I do that sounds crazy and harebrained and causes my family to roll their eyes, I measured against that. And that goes back to, we're not in control of anyone else. Yeah, We're only in control of ourselves. Mm-hmm. If I make a comment to my family about something that I desire to do, and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds so whatever. And they roll their eyes. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to. I can go and do it by myself. I can find somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, I, your, your reaction is not going to stop me from yeah. fulfilling my desire. Exactly. And then we have to realize a lot of times people respond to us from their, from their fears and from their, their state of mind, which Correct. is not our state of mind. And we have to honor that. That's them. And we are, we like, and we are ourselves and we have to honor who we are. And if we want to go for it, don't, we don't have to be influenced by someone that's scared. <laughs> well, and we don't have to be influenced by someone who thinks it's quote unquote stupid, you know, regardless yeah. of their reason, because mm-hmm. We can't read somebody else's mind. They can't read our mind. I'm not expecting you to read my mind and I don't expect you, you know, vice versa. Yeah. So, so whatever their issue is, is their issue. Mm-hmm. And this brings in something else. You know, how many times have you made a comment to someone and they come back at you with a negative or an unexpected response? And then mm-hmm. you say, well, you made me feel sad yeah. or mad or whatever. Okay. Let's take back some power on that one. Uh No one can make you anything except reservations for dinner. And my preference is a five-star restaurant and they pick up the tab. (laughs) So how you feel is how you choose to feel. Mm -hmm. If they make a comment and you feel sad, okay, that's all right. That's your choice. You chose to feel sad. Mm -hmm. Don't give them the power that they made you sad yeah exactly exactly um yeah it you know like i said five years ago 
I feel like I was reborn, you know, and I'm definitely going through my journey. And, you know, I, just like you said, I don't, I don't necessarily know where I want to be when I, I grow up. Um, but I do know that, you know, I want to walk this journey with intention and I, I didn't make a mantra saying, I wish I, you know, I wish I would have, but I definitely had the same, I, I still, I have the same mindset. Like I'm just, just go for it, do it. And, you know, one of my, so, but people may call it the bucket list. <laughs> so, so it, it, you know, however you want to, you know, you know, put it down. Like you say, you don't call it journaling, you call it writing in the notebook, you know, or you could call it the bucket list. And, you, know. you know, you you do you and I'll yeah. do me and I'm going to honor you doing you because mm -hmm. I know you're going to honor me doing me. Yes. And so one of my bucket lists um, was running the New York City Marathon, which um I ran last year. Oh, and congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And I'm not a runner. I'm definitely not a runner. And, but with, um, and I know if I did not run that marathon, I would have been 80 years old saying, I wish I, I wish I did it. I wish I oh. did it because it was definitely, you know, the, I live in New York city. So the New York city marathon, since I was a little girl, will always run past my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it was just always, you know, inspirational and motivating, like, wow, these people, they're running 26 miles, like, how could they do, you know, it was just like, this energy would come every year when I would see the marathon, and then I would be even more impressed when, you know, you know, I, I would see them just walking and getting on the train. I'm like, wow, you just ran 26 miles, and now you're just going to get a cup of coffee, you know, it was just like, you know, like, oh my goodness. So I didn't, you know, my training of the marathon wasn't like a quote unquote, like athletic training. Like I didn't get in any type of program or do it. I just kind of like showed up, you know, like I was like, okay, let me start incorporating some more running into my, um, into, into my, you know, lifestyle and stuff like that. But it wasn't like, you know, some people be like, you got to run these amount of miles this week and you got to run those. Amount. I didn't have that type of program. You got to eat this. You got to do that. None of that was happening for me. You know, I basically, my, my program was showing up. <laughs> so um, when you, I did, you were doing, you were doing you. I was doing me. That's exactly. I was doing me. And, and, and this is also a reminder, like, you know, you just because you're not, you, you're not showing up for a program doesn't mean you can't do something. You know right. what I mean? Someone may think, you know, oh my God, like how, you, you can't run a marathon without going through these steps. Yeah, you know? th those are the running police. Yeah, or, and it's like that with a lot of things in life. You can't, you, you must go to college or do this or get this degree in order for you to do that. And how many entrepreneurs and people with barely a high school education is out here doing things? Like, it's just a reminder, like, sometimes we put these limitations on my on, on ourselves saying, oh, I can't show up because I don't have these qualifications mm -hmm. or I'm not showing up in this way. But when I was um, putting on social media, okay, I'm, I'm going to run the marathon, you know, anybody have any tips or advice? You know, one um, person responded to me and she said, um, make sure you have a mantra. She was, she's a runner. And she's mm -hmm. a marathon. She said, make sure you have a mantra because when you get to this point, it's going to get rough and you're going to need a mantra, you know, to keep you going. Um, and, you know, my mantra was like, you got this. You know, just the reminder, like, I was like, okay, you know, you're running and it's like, okay, like, you know, like, is it over? 
Where, where's like the said, finish line? Yeah, where's the finish line? Because like I said, I'm not a runner that, you know, and I understand some people are runners. They get in that zone. I never yeah, got in the no. zone. But I'm grateful that I was able to do the bucket list um, because, and, and I went through through it because I know for a fact I would have definitely been sitting there at 80 years old saying that. So just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just like Nike said, just do it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I guess also in this part of the, the the messaging for everyone is that, you know, think about what type of mantra can you create within your life, you know? To, that's you know designed for you and the desires and the intentions that you have and your goals for life or just in maybe a project like the project of the marathon you know you got this and the project for your life you know which is a bigger picture than just the one day marathon <laughs> you know is that it, I ain't gonna be here at 80 years old talk about you shoulda coulda woulda um no 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 because that that's not how you want your life summing up Mm-hmm. that you shoulda, coulda, woulda. You, you don't want your life summing up like that. And I love it that you encourage people to create a mantra because, yeah. you know, when the going, like your uh, friend advised you, when the going gets tough, you need something to, to hang on to and to pull yeah. you forward. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people say, well, losing a, almost 100 pounds, that's a really big deal. Well, yes and no. I was clear on what my intention was. I was clear uh, on what my why was. And that was also incorporated into my mantra. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when the going got tough, you know, that's what kept pulling me forward, kept pulling me forward. And it still pulls me forward. Because like I said, I measure almost everything that I do against the gauge. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be 80 years old sitting in my rocking chair saying Mm -hmm. I wish I would have. Now, that's going to be midlife for me because I intend to live to be 153 and one day. So yeah. I'll be hitting midlife, you know, about 80 years old. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so you definitely it, it told us about how you have been holding light on your mantra with like the different activities that you have taken, that you've done and, you know, the direction that you're going on, it going towards And I love that you also told us early on that you have written a book called You Can't Eat Love. Can you tell us more about your book? Because I love that title, You Can't Eat Love. Um, (laughs) Tell us about your book and 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 what the title was on. Well, the the book is You Can't Eat Love, How Learning to Love Yourself Can Change Your Relationship with Food. And it's the lessons that I learned as I went on the journey to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally and discovering that I thought that I wasn't loved and the only person who wasn't loving me was me. Um, So I share the, the lessons that I learned. I started out with the lies that I told myself, for example, you know, if you eat a broken cookie, it has no calories, right? And um, if you eat, you know, a whole thing of uh, brownies and you have a Diet Coke with it, it wipes out all the calories, right? (laughs) So I confronted the lies that I told myself, but then I also share how I would set little goals and set rewards and things like this in the conversations that I had with myself. So the entire book, while 
it is about my journey that I went on. The result was that I lost almost 100 pounds. It's really about learning to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had a counselor read the book before I published it. And she said, this could be called, you can't drink love, you can't drug love, you can't fill in the blank, whatever your drug of choice is, love. Um, and that was what I came to realize, you know, my drug of choice was food. Yeah. And these were the things that I did so that I could get that drug of choice to release its power that I had over me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very scary putting the book out there because I am very real. I am very honest. And I've had people who have spoken to me, people who know me say that it's like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with a really good friend mm. and, a, and having a conversation, which really honors me because that's what I wanted. Um, but I've also had so many people reach out and tell me this is the first time that I feel as if I can love myself. I've read all these other books and nothing has helped. So that's amazing and incredible. Um, I have people say, when I respond to them, are you a virtual assistant? Are you a real person? I'll say, yes, it's really me. So I do answer each and every message and each and every email. But in summary, the book is about learning to love yourself and changing your relationship with you can fill in the blank, whatever your drug of choice is. Mm, oh my goodness, that, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. Um, so was this book a part of um, your, I guess I should have, you know, I don't want to be eight years old saying I wish I could have, <laughs> I should have wrote that book. Yes, yes, it it actually was because I had people keep telling me you should write a book, you should write a book. I talk in stories. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, you should really write a book. And I was like, uh, and then, you know, that started perking up. You don't want to be 80 years old sitting around. You know, it's not just about doing something. It's about creating something. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that very much was part of the mantra, because I didn't want to be 80 years old and hearing that there's another me out there. And I could have offered some words, some guidance, some hope to that person you know, all those years ago. So yes, very much. Um, And that was part of why, even though I was terrified, and I'm still terrified when somebody picks it up. um, Because I like I said, I'm very honest. uh, But I was terrified when I released it into the universe, because once it goes out, it doesn't come back uh, in, in the same form. But I'm extremely grateful for the feedback that I've gotten uh, and the, the book stays, oh, anywhere from number three to number 25 in several categories in, in Amazon. So it's still, I mean, apparently other people like it. Oh, nice. Good, uh, good for you. Oh, thank so, you. Uh, so now when you, we, we discussed earlier, like we can't control other people. We can't be affected by what they say and so on. But also the reality is that Sometimes we're our worst enemy. Oh my gosh! And the the self limitation and you know talking that we have with ourselves. How did that work out with you with this process of you know creating and putting the book out there and now still having the book out there? You know, do you find that that little voice creeps in? 
Well, and, and I do cover this in the book, actually, so I'm glad you asked about it. But it was one of the harder things that I mastered or not mastered. I still work on it. I, I realized because how many times, let's say, for example, um, you're loading the dishwasher and you drop a plate and it shatters. Mm-hmm. And the conversation that usually starts up is, oh, my gosh, how could I be so clumsy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to put the words out there because you probably have your own. Yeah. Now what I do and what I started doing when I would catch myself with those negative self-talk conversations starting up, I'd go, wait, hold on just a minute. Let's reframe this. Let's think about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying you know, all that negative talk to myself when I just dropped the plate, you know what? You were distracted. You were thinking about whatever it was I was thinking about. You weren't, you know, the, the dishwasher was the last thing on your mind. The plate slipped out of your hand. Your hand was wet. It hit the floor. It's a tile floor. Of course, it's going to shatter. You know what? Let's just clean up the mess and let's move forward. Mm. And in doing that, I recognized um, what I was doing. And I call this getting the hamsters off the wheels. Mm -hmm. Because my hamster will get on a wheel and just run and run and run. And we have all these hamsters on wheels inside of our head. And what I recognized was by grabbing that negative thought, pausing, flipping it around and reframing it to a more constructive, helpful, or even neutral statement I was firing those hamsters and sending them back to the pet store. Mm -hmm. Now, I will tell you this. Sometimes I do catch myself sliding into that negative thought process. But you know what? I can catch myself. I can say, it's okay. This is what was going on. Let's flip that statement around. Let's move forward. Mm -hmm. And I stopped the hamster from getting going. So if if somebody is wanting to change their thought process, the first thing that I would recommend, and I do this a lot of times with my pen and paper in the morning, I'll feel those negative thoughts coming up and I'll Mm -hmm. grab them and I'll even write down there, hold on, wait a minute, let's Uh think about this differently. And then I'll write how we can think about it differently. Because that is where we start to see real transformation, Mm -hmm. the thoughts the thoughts and the words that we speak over ourselves are the most powerful that we have. Now, here's a secret. You didn't learn those because they simply materialized in your head. They came from somewhere else. But you know what? Now you have the opportunity to shut the door on the somewhere else and to reframe, rethink those thoughts so that they're positive and moving you forward. Yeah. Yeah, this this is such such golden, you know, information. And I'm so happy that we was able to bring awareness to it because, you know, with self-limiting talk and the 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 harsh words that we say to ourselves, I swear I think a lot of times we're just so unaware of it and it's like on autopilot. So one hundred percent because you know we've had them poured over us. Mm-hmm. So much that we have ingrained them. They're like the fabric of your life. And mm-hmm. so now you're getting tweezers and starting to pull them out. Is yeah. it painful? Yes. Is it tedious? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I promise you, once you start, you'll be saying, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could feel this good. I didn't know I could feel this amazing, this light. Yeah. And it opens up your mind to so much creativity. 
Yeah. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once we learn to bring awareness around this, understanding the value of holding grace for ourselves mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, there's so much potential and opportunity we have that magic power that lies within us. If we could understand the value of just removing that negative self-talk or those negative thoughts. And then, you know, so many people will just, you know, um, sit in something like the dish breaking. Oh, so I said that I broke that dish. That was the last one. You know, just make up all these reasons about this dish. Start thinking about it for hours and hours. We're Thinking about that dish that broke is not going to replace it. Address it, hold grace for yourself and move forward and and be mindful that you can take that, all of that energy that we have been using on that broken dish into creating, into putting our intentions down on our future, writing your book, you know, that you wrote, you can't eat love, like whatever the goal is for yourself, that energy can be pushed there, but waste, not waste. I don't want to say wasting like, oh, you're doing a bad thing. Instead of spending it. Yes. Spending, you know, time in that space, you know, where you have choices and the opportunity to move that energy into a different space. Just be mindful of that. So, um, yeah, thank you for, um, talking around this this subject with me and bringing awareness around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been giving us so many jewels throughout our conversation today, but I just want to make sure, you know, we don't miss anything. So do you have like a piece of advice that you would like to share with anyone like, you know, that's listening to this and they're in that place and they're, you know, looking, you know, like how we were before we rebirthed. I would say to anyone who is listening, anyone who feels as if they are currently not able to live their very best life and they have no idea where to begin, I would say begin where you are right now. Where you are is where you are, and where you are today is not where you're going to be tomorrow. Mm. However, I want you to understand right now in this moment, you are enough, just exactly as you are. And if you're not able to believe that for yourself, I will believe it for you until you can believe it for yourself. Mm. You are enough right now. Yeah. 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 That's really good. That's really great advice. And, you know, so many key elements, you are enough, you know, just that reminder and also giving someone permission to start where they are this moment. Because a lot of times also I see people don't start because they think they're supposed to be somewhere else. Right. And where where you are is where you are. It's like when you started running that New York marathon, Mm -hmm. you had to start where you were. Yeah. You, you didn't start at the starting line because I'm going to guess that you didn't qualify to start right at the starting line. Yeah. You started back in the pack, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you started where you were. You didn't wait until you got to the starting line to start, did you? No. No. Exactly. Start where you are. And where you are is where you are. And there's nothing wrong with where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, with yoga, I feel like, um, People may have this idea of what yoga is supposed to look like. I, I, I am the Aflac duck when it comes to yoga. <laughs> what they think it's supposed to look like. So because they think they're not that person, 
a lot of times they won't even show up. And, you know, I have to put the reminder that yoga is really for everybody. You know, don't get brainwashed by what you see out there. And, you know, because in yoga, that's the one place we're going to hold space and grace for you for where you are and honor where you are at. But no one is looking at you saying, hey, why is she not standing on her head? Like no one is thinking that. (laughs) But, you know, having that limitation in your mind because you think, oh, I can't do that. So I can't even start. But guess what? It, once you start, you know, not saying that you will be able to do something that you think you was, you're supposed to be doing, but you have to start to even find out if you can get to that place. You will never know if you don't start. So, yeah. um, it, well, so honoring, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Honoring where you are at, um, and start with, and start and just, you know, start where you are at. Yeah. So, okay. So we've talked some beautiful talk today, but before I let you go, I have to ask you, what does becoming unique mean to you? Becoming unique means that I am accepting that I am who I am and that I am living what kind of life I believe I should be living, that I am living up to my expectations, to my potential, and I'm not living to meet someone else's ideas or definition of who or what I should be. Mm. And I'm also on a one person crusade to get rid of the word should in our vocabulary. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Okay. A one person crusade. I mean, you probably start a Facebook group. Get <laughs> now, I'm sure you'll have more than one person join the group. <laughs> getting the way, getting rid of the word should. Um, yeah. Okay. This has really been amazing. So if anyone wants to connect with you, get your book, um, You Can't Eat Love, uh, give us all the details. Well, the easiest place to find me and find out anything about me, including the social media groups, Facebook, Instagram, the book, and um, other podcasts that I've been on, uh, is youcanteatlove.com. And also there's a place where you can contact me if you just want to ask a question or reach out. You can do that. And as I said, I will answer you back. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. You oh, unique. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, let me... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie, for showing up for the Becoming Unique podcast and having this amazing conversation with me. Now, before I close out the show, I just want to talk about Michelle Obama's new book. Have you guys gotten into it? The title is The Light We Carry. And there is a chapter called Decoding Fear. And she said, I mean, the chapter is is pretty long. It feels like it's long. (laughs) She says a lot, but there is one piece one piece because she's talking about you know going back to her childhood understanding and looking at times that she was addressing fear and what happened with it and then she got to the part where Barack basically said you know I'm thinking about running for the presidency or I want to run for president and but I'm not going to do anything without you your full approval and so she says she had to think on it, you know, she was fearful of what's new, 
And that's what she also talks about in the decoding fear. A lot of times we're fearful of what's new because we are, like I say, creatures of habit. And so a lot of times we're fearful of the unknown. We're fearful of something that's new. So, um, yeah. So as she is, I guess, pondering on it and so on and, and addressing her fear, she, of course, said yes to it. <laughs> but she thought back, wow, how if she would, allow, uh, would have allowed fear to take over in this instance, how she would have changed the course of history. That was powerful. That was powerful. Understanding that if she would have chose the route of fear, the route of something new, that she would have changed the course of history. The course of history. That was powerful. That was truly powerful. And with today's conversation, my amazing guest talked about, you know, she didn't want to be 80 years old saying I could have, would have, should have, you know, type of thing. And Michelle also says it in the book, you know, we if she would have done that, she would have been telling her children in the future, oh, your father almost ran for presidency. But no, that's not the story anymore. <laughs> they have made history because of the choice that she made. So let's ponder on that. Let's really ponder on that, especially with today's conversation that we just had, talking about, you know, Leslie saying, I didn't want to be 80 years old, talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it now. I'm, You know, she didn't call it, I don't think she called it fear throughout the conversation, but, you know, she, she went for it. She went for it. And sometimes, you know, we have to, you know, really look things in the face and question it. And question it, like, is this fear? Am I fearful of something new? Will I be harmed by taking the risk of doing this? Will I be harmed in taking the risk of changing history by becoming the first African-American family in the White House? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for showing up for the Become a Unique podcast. Um, we are coming to the end of 2022 and we are coming to the end of this season of this um, Become a Unique podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Make sure you are tuned in. I will see you guys again next week. Bye.